welcome to the Nurse and Midwife Support Podcast, Your Health Matters. I'm Mark Aiken, the podcast host. I'm the Stakeholder Engagement Manager with Nurse and Midwife Support, and I'm a registered nurse. Nurse and Midwife Support is the national support service for nurses, midwives, and students. The service is anonymous, confidential, and free, and you can call us anytime you need support. 1-800-667-877 or contact us via the website nmsupport.org.au Today's podcast is about the important and sensitive subject of burnout. No nurse, midwife or student should experience burnout, but unfortunately many do. We hope this podcast supports you with information, tips and strategies to set you up so burnout doesn't impact you. If you think you are at risk of burnout or indeed you feel burnt out, please know that support is available. You can contact Nurse and Midwife Support, the National Support Service for Nurses, Midwives and Students, anytime, one 667 877 or via the website, www.nmsupport.org.au. Today, my guest is Athel Han. Athel is a registered nurse and the founder of Athel Tech. Athel has de- developed an app called Fords, and we're going to talk about, about that throughout this podcast. Athel has also kindly agreed to share his story of professional burnout and the factors that supported his recovery. Thank you very much, Athel. I'm incredibly grateful for you being our guest and for you sharing your story. And I know our listeners are going to benefit from hearing it. Athel also will tell us why he set up his tech company and developed the app that supports nurses and midwives and hopefully prevents them from experiencing burnout. So hello and welcome, Athel. Thanks, Mark. And thanks for having me on the podcast. Great to have you aboard. And uh, as I said, we're very interested to hear your story. So, Athol, please tell our listeners about your nursing career and as much or as little as you'd like to. And what is Athol Tech and why you actually established a tech company? Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for the question. Um, so my career, I guess, I guess starts starts back in Victoria. I started off um, studying in rural um, Victoria in Bendigo, and you know, loved my time. I loved studying a regional campus. You know, it was a great community. Um, I wanted to step out of my comfort zone boundaries and move to Perth for f- for four years, um, and. Yeah, I love that. I, I spent a bit of time, worked around in Royal Perth Hospital and um, got around each, many departments, ended up in ICU. And um, as you'll probably hear, is that when I had a stint of burnout, that's when um, the first instance of my burnout come to head. Um, so I've been a nurse for coming on 11 years and um, I've worked around in, in, in many different areas and um, aged care to oncology to um, intensive care to emergency general medical, surgical, and I, I really just liked, you know, dip my toes in every bit of nursing. And I think I think that's really a fundamental of nursing is, uh, you know, you, you're so dynamic and flexible and um, it's, a, it's a great aspect. Uh, so, yeah, it's, nursing has been one of those um, great flexible job roles, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, and uh, I guess answer some of your other questions, what is Athletech? Well, 
funny, funny enough, I was on this search for something more. I was on this search for a bit more meaning and I was, I was looking for a little bit more of a challenge and I, you know, I'd, I'd found so many problems with healthcare and nursing and, um, and I, I was just really struggling to make an impact and change that um, I, I was desperately searching for. And so I met a, I met a developer at a volunteering organisation, actually. We started talking and at this stage, I was really soul searching. I was doing some agency work. Going, what am I going to do with my career? What do I want to do for my future? Um, and I just started talking to him about some different concepts in health. And we got chatting, we got chatting and then, and I didn't have an idea at the time, but I went, oh, that's not a bad idea. There must have been something in the back of my head and I'd come up with this idea for online pamphlets where you could just create your own pamphlets for organisations and have your own information. Anyway, that's the, that's the story of the, that's the start of it. Um, and I went to see him in Sydney and we had a, a fantastic day of going through some different stuff with tech and he goes, what's going to be the name of your business? And I said, oh, I don't know, I've got no idea. And he said, well, you've got, a, you've got an unusual name. Why don't you just call it Apple Tech? And I said, <laughs> for a country lad from Victoria, I was a bit taken back and I went, oh, well, I've got nothing better. And uh, so that's where Apple Tech is really born from. Um, and, you know, probably a bit of the purpose behind Apple Tech is, you know, I, I really just was on a search on how can we how can we do things a little better and um, care for our patients um, a little more, but also, you know, how can we um, change some stuff for ourselves so, so we can um, thrive in nursing? We don't get to the point of going questioning why why am I doing this and where's my career at? Um, and so I think that's a bit of the background of where it started from. Oh, I love it, Athol. It's a really noble philosophy and, um, and to turn a personal experience into um, producing something that's going to benefit not only you but um, other nurses and indeed midwives or healthcare professionals who might use your app I think is uh, really terrific. So I think it's really exciting that nurses have ventured into the tech sector and um, I heard a term recently about nursepreneur, you know, entrepreneur, Preneur, nursepreneur, or preneur. I don't know how you pronounce it, actually. But I think there's um, a whole community now of nurses and midwives in this entrepreneur tech space. I guess you've met a few of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's growing, and there's a lot of nurses out there asking those questions, those hard questions. How can we do things better? You know, we're really inquisitive types. We 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 want to do the best we can, um, and. If we're not if we're not getting that um, through, or if we're not feeling that, a, a lot of us aren't sitting on our hands and knees and going, "Oh, well, this is how it is." Um, and we're really pushing the boundaries. And it's great to great to see many of us, um, you know, join up and soldier up and, and and really and really have a good crack at this. And uh, doctors have been doing it for a while, and then you know, nurses, you know, haven't t- had the I don't, well, I'm not sure what, what it's been, but they've, you know, haven't really gone to that full um, throughout their career. So it's, it's nice to be part of that. Yeah, that's great, Ethel. Thank you. So now to the really sensitive and important issue of burnout. Uh, the Nurse and Midwife Support website content on burnout states, burnout is not just having a bad day. It is work-related stress that may have a cumulative unwanted effect over time. 
Burnout is a term for a mental or physical energy depletion after a period of chronic, unrelieved job-related stress, characterised sometimes by physical illness. The person suffering from burnout may lose concern or respect for other people, themselves, and have a cynical, dehumanised perception of people labelling them or indeed themselves in a derogatory manner. I think that's a, a pretty intense um, definition. Would you add anything to that, Athel, or indeed would you describe it differently? Yeah, it's, um, it's, imp it's important to have definitions that um, really characterise what we see. Um, but it, unfortunately, it doesn't represent what's what you practically experience. Um, and, and what goes through your own head. Uh, those, all those factors mentioned in that definition are certainly true. One thing I don't think it really pushes hard on is that personal experience. You know, what, what's that internal dialogue? You know, what's going through your own head? Because, you know, we're all inherently caring by nature to, to, to a degree. Um, you know, we push that out in different ways and we represent it in different ways. But um, how does someone get to the point of, not wanting going to work, talking to people poorly, talking to themselves poorly. What what's going on? Um, and so it's it's really about that internal dialogue. I, I when when I suffered burnout it was um, it was the stuff that was going through my own head that was um, just as bad as anything else that was going on on the outside, uh, and it was represented in physical and um, you know emotional symptoms but it was more that internal dialogue playing and not being able to sleep um really struggling to to make decisions um you know going to work getting getting the job done but you know losing that connection with what you're doing um so uh, I, I guess you know it's it's hard to broaden out a term like a, a definition that needs to be brief but um what i'm really about is um is really putting that to the front of what's going on the you know what are you saying to yourself what what's happening in your own head yeah, a good um, advice and a good addition to that, Athel. Thanks very much. So you've talked a bit about your own experience with burnout in relation to your career, and you and I have talked um, separate to this podcast about it. Are you happy to share more um, in relation to that story, Athel? Because I think these um, shared stories really support other people who might be going through a similar experience. Yeah, no, I, um, I've, I've become comfortable with it, Mark, and um, I certainly, you know, you, you go back another, you go back for four years, three or four years, and I certainly wouldn't have been comfortable talking about it. I mean, I'm in this comfortable place with it now because I've been able to find my purpose and what drives me and what pushes me forward and, you know, what makes me fulfilled now, whereas, you know, back in then I wouldn't be able to talk about it. I probably would just start crying, um, you know, and, you know, if I think about, if I think about it, too hard, then I, you know, start to get a bit teary because it was it was hard going. Um, so for, for for me, I um, I moved I moved from Victoria over to Perth and was really excited and got into a great year and I was really trying to push some of those ambitions. I'm quite driven sort of person, type A. You know, a lot of us share those similar experiences and you know, I was really driven. I thought I wanted to be intensive care nurse and I was you know was got there, got there and then got there and and had a pretty tough time. Um, and, you know, a little bit of bullying, but, you know, a lot of people just trying to make me better. But the, the, 
because I didn't set, have a good support network set up and I didn't have a good um, frame of reference, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was bullying when it was a lot of people saw a lot of potential in me and they just wanted me to do the best I could. Um, but so that frame of reference was just continually going on in my own head and I just felt like I wasn't contributing, I wasn't getting anywhere, I didn't, didn't have any significance for my patients or for myself. I didn't know where what it all meant. Um, and I, I guess I've battled with this for over a year and um, like some others that have probably gone through intensive care and quick care settings, a lot of the time you don't, you don't feel comfortable for a long period. And for me, working in such a high-pressured environment, it was, was approximately about a year until I thought, rightio, today I'm going to walk in and it doesn't matter what you can give me, I'll, I'll be okay. Um, and so dealing with those pressures for a year, we, we just, it just built up, built up. Um, and what, what I found was it, it wasn't just the work-related stuff and it was a big portion of it. Stuff outside wasn't going great. I I'd hadn't, you know, my networking connections outside of work wasn't strong. I didn't have a, ter- I had some family over in Perth, but I didn't have my close networks. Um, I put myself under financial stress. I bought a house, and you know, all these things just kept adding up and adding up. And then, you know, you add in shift work when your roster changes all the time, and your your sleeping patterns changes. It's a bit like a cup of water. I like the analogy of a cup of water. You know, you've got so much water in a cup and you can handle that, you know, that water in a cup, which is stress level. As soon as you start pouring, pouring, pouring more and you get to that um, tipping point, uh, that's what happened to me. I, I just added so much stress onto myself and I'd already had a, a, a ton of stress from work that I'd, um, I'd lost it. I'd lo- and, and by the time I'd got into that tunnel of burnout, I, I look at it as a tunnel. Once you're in that, um, that, that, frame of mind and emotional set it's really hard to break out because you can't see it yourself um and my response to that was i hate nursing um i need to go and do something else uh i and i did another i did another role in a regional town in nursing it was emergency i really enjoyed it but i still did i, I still was struggling so i went right out nursing's not for me um i'm going to become a dairy farmer so um i i end up leaving nursing and becoming a dairy farmer. And then dairy farming was, was me for a little while. So it was just this, um, it was, I was on the search for something and I, I wasn't being able to fulfill my own needs and purpose and drivers. And I was pushing against what makes me whole. Um, and I had some good mates that pulled my head out of it enough so I didn't go into a, a terrible spiral. But it was certainly times there when I thought, um, you know, there were some interesting times. Um, you know, I ticked a lot of boxes on the depression um, signal things. Like I'd really pushed it over the edge of burnout. I was going, I was going on that really severe end. Um, and it, and fortunately, I was able to, you know, leave work and have some time off. I had to have three months off. I had some good friends that, you know, just grounded me, got my head a little bit clearer. We had some, we had some fun. You know, those sort of things. Um, but you know, it was. Um, it was an experience that I certainly don't want to see anyone else go through, and I've seen I've seen a fair I've seen like some of my mates go through, and um, once you once you're in that tunnel and you 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 suffer it properly, it can linger for a long time, and for for me it hung around, oh, um, probably two or three years, three years, um, and it was there. It was just sort of sitting there. So I, I'm, what I'm really passionate about is trying to prevent it from happening at all. Um, you know, you're trying to get remove someone from getting down right down to that end 
pointy end. Uh, every, we're all going to have stress, but you, if we can avoid getting to that burnout stage, you can, you know, there's two or three years of heartache you can try and avoid. Thanks, Ethel, for sharing that powerful story. And, um, and you know, the, there's some vulnerabilities, obviously, in doing that. So um, how are you feeling now after your experience of burnout? And what do you think were the key components of, of getting you through that? Did you contact connecting with your GP? Did you contact um, EAP? Did you, was it was indeed the National Support Service available to you then? Yeah, good, good question. Um, I, I certainly knew something was wrong and I had no idea it was burnout. Um, and it, this yeah. seems to be a, a similar pattern for others is they don't realise it's burnout. I actually thought I had cancer um, or, or something really, um, terrible from a physical perspective because I had all these physical symptoms that were really odd to me. You know, I was really thirsty all the time. I was drained. I had no energy. Um, uh, I wasn't sleeping, you know, all this stuff. I was like, this is so odd, you know, for, for someone who's pretty active. Um, so I thought there was something really wrong. So I went, I went and got some bloods. I went and got a physical check and I, you know, and um, I, I remember on the last, like second or third time I'd seen him, he goes, he must, he must have said, how are you, go, how are you going mentally? And I said, oh, okay, I suppose. Oh, actually, I've been battling a little bit. And then he went through a checklist for depression and um, I ticked off a fair few of those boxes. I wasn't, I wasn't meeting all the criteria, but I was certainly down that path. And so he suggested me to reach out to um, the EAP service. Which, yeah. which, I ended up, which I ended up doing um, uh, a couple of times. But um, whether the counsellor wasn't right or it, it, just, it just didn't fit well for me um, because uh, <laughs> what I felt was that I'd go and see her, I'd get upset for an hour, cry my heart out and then I'd leave and I just felt even worse. So um, it, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't the key, it wasn't the really the, the thing that helped me at the time. Um, at, the, at the time... It was um, it was really having a bit of time off from work um, and doing something else um, and and working out what your priorities. But what, what I found was that I needed I had a lot of other stresses that I caused my, for myself with financial stuff with house with my house. Um, so me having time off and sitting in my house was going to be probably the worst thing. Um, but having the time off and then. During that time off, I went and did some agency work at a regional hospital, um, and that that was the best thing for me because uh, I, I got a good perspective of what it was. Then it wasn't nursing, like I, it wasn't me as a nurse. It was something else bigger going on, and whether it was to do with that workplace or to do with me personally, it was just enough to go give me a little bit of perspective. Um, um, and then you know, I met a good mate, and we had a great chat. You know, and I found a, like a soulmate in a mate in nursing, and we, um, yeah, we kicked it off. And he supported; he just helped me through it. And it wasn't just because um, uh, it was just, it was just there for me. So um, I think you know, I think those those are the things that really helped me get through it. And like those connecting with people, having having a little bit of time away to get some perspective, and and nutting it out with someone that you trust. Um, and from a male's perspective, that's what helped me. Um, females, you know, that's probably why they live longer. They, they seem to deal with this stuff much better. And I didn't know how to deal with any of these emotions. You know, I, I had no idea how to operate. And, I, you know, I, I've got a bit better idea now, but at the time it was just, I, and, you know, you look back on it 
Um, and you look at what happened. At the time, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, it was just a foreign land. I don't know. It'd be interesting to ask you, Mark. Uh, you know, you've probably, you know, you've talked to thousands of nurses and, and it'd be interesting to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, I think the key here, Athol, is that it's um, a very individual experience for each nurse, midwife or student experiencing it. And what we're really keen to reinforce within the profession is that if you're feeling not great about life or yourself or your work, then really connect in and and tap into that feeling and 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 really honour it and own it and do something about it. So we're all about early intervention and health promotion. Obviously, we do, we support nurses and midwives that have a, a full-blown or chronic issue and we're, we're certainly in the business of supporting any nurse, midwife or student. But we recommend that if you just don't feel good about life or yourself or work, call the service, contact the service earlier rather than later. So 1-800-667-877 or via the website nmsupport.org.au. And that's really vital to get that support. So we're really delighted that nurse and midwife support is now available to our profession. And please know that we're here 24-7 to talk about any issue you need support for. So I hope that's helpful, Athol, and um, and I wish when you were experiencing burnout that we um, we'd been operational then, but obviously we weren't. And any nurse, midwife, or student is experiencing anything remotely like what Athol's talking about. Please get in touch. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with what, and I would have loved it if you guys were about. The, the other thing too is that, I, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't know who to turn to. So stuff like this, and you know, you getting out there and, and, and telling the nursing community about this service is so fundamental because you, you sort of get your own, in your own head and you, you put your head down and you, you, you don't, you can't see clarity as well. So, um, yeah, this is, this is fantastic. And I, I totally agree. Prevention is, um, and, and getting to it early and yeah, it's, it's the best thing you can do. Yeah. We're really big advocates of self-care and the importance of self-care for nurses and midwives. And when you're in the care and service of other people, often you're not wired or very good at putting your own needs or your own self-care first. Would you agree, Athol, that self-care is a really important protective, but also restorative factor here? Yeah, I, I think um, how I'd like to see self-care is what what fills your cup, you know, what, yeah. what's what's driving you. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes what's driving you is to do a little bit extra study after work and that makes you feel a bit better because you've seen something during the day that you're not too sure about and, you know, you do a bit of reading on that, it makes you feel a bit better. So I think it's really about identifying what drivers and needs are um, for that day and for that week and even, you know, over a longer period of time. And so if you can identify what is driving you and, you know, why, why you're doing stuff and, and, and make sure you do that stuff, I think you'll, um, you know, I think self-care will take, take care of itself um, because, it, you know, for me, um, I, know, I know for me uh, exercise is, is, is big. It's just because it's the feeling that I get and it's, it's one of those things that 
I'm really driven towards to do. But I also know it can be on the other side. It's, it can also be detrimental. So it's just a matter of is getting that right balance. And then, yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, you'll, you'll find that your energy levels don't go up and down as much. That's great, Ethel. Thank you. And thanks so much again for sharing your story. It was really powerful. Now, your at Fords, um, um, I think, was um, partly, if not entirely, driven um, through your experience. As you say, that was really part of your understanding of what you went through in your recovery. Could you tell us a bit about that app and, um, and how it could support nurses and midwives from, from experiencing burnout? Yeah, I guess, I guess it's, a, it's, it's a funny journey, isn't it? I, um, I didn't realise the app would be addressing all these deep down needs and problems that I'd experienced in the past. But it's funny what we do as humans. Um, the, the biggest problems are the things that are boiling underneath you. You either avoid them forever or you, you do something about them, I guess, or you, they come up eventually. And so this is what's, I guess this is what's happened. So from my original story of looking at trying to do some stuff with tech, then, um, and then I started to unpiece it, you know, going, well, why, why, why? And I was always asking that question, why? And then the app has come from there. And one of the biggest things that I found from a functionality perspective as a nurse is that shift work is pretty tough. Um, you know, your roster changes, your team changes, you, you lose connection with some staff members, you lose connection with family members, um, you, you, your pay changes all the time. So you're not sure, you don't, you don't have a terrible lot of certainty with, with the job you do, you know. And then you go into an environment that's uncertain as well, you know, that changes all the time. No matter what you do, ward, there's different patients, there's different ED, there's different patient, you know, ICU, it changes all the time, um, even though it's semi-structured. Um, all that uncertainty um, really, really builds up and it's, it's, a, it's an unnecessary stress for a stressful job. You know, that, we talk, talked about that cup with that water and you've got so much. I think shift where can just push, you know, pile on the water when you, if you're not feeling that good for a certain reason, then you put in sleep deprivation, poor diet, you know, reduced connection, un, uh, unable to, to do the stuff you want to do. Um, it, re it really, you know, really can affect, um, you know, if you go down that tunnel of burnout. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's the purpose of the app really is to give a little bit of control over that shift work dilemma. Um, and it's, it's, it's built off your roster. And so what people do is they enter their roster and uh, if we know who you are, what you do, um, then we can then we can group you together into teams for the day, you know, into different teams. We can deliver you some content. Um, we can also then help you understand understand your pay before before um, your pay comes to you. Um, so, you know, you can understand it. Oh, is that how much I'm earning? All right, yeah. I might have to earn. I might have to work an extra overtime shift, or you know, if you if that's one of your priorities, you can actually work a little bit more. And when you do get paid, you already got an understanding of what your gross amount should be. So then you can, you know, you can check your pay. You can be really clear and not, you know, certain that um, that your pay is accurate because you know, two hundred bucks in your pocket is better than the government. <laughs> um, and, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, Mark, but it has been, you know, I found about $1,000 over Christmas from checking my pay. You know, it, it's one of those things that yeah. they're not checking for you. Um, they're looking after their own uh, back end. You've got to be out. You've got to be on the, on the go with yourself. Um, and then, you know, the, la the, last, the last little bit that is in the app is a mindfulness feature where you can debrief and you can journal and you can offload from the day. And that's really related. It's related to your shift as well. 
So when you finished your shift, um, you can, you know, you know, download onto the app, leave it there, you know, put something there that you want to touch back on, you know, in a future time and then, you know, move on with the rest of your day. And we've all, we've pop, popped a, a nut phone number in there to get in contact with the nurse and midwifery support as well. Um, just so, you know, if people have put something on the app, then they can call you guys if they want to touch base as well. And we're really grateful for that, Ethel. Thanks very much for um, promoting nurse and midwife support within in your app. I think it's really important that the more people who know this information, um, the kind of better outcomes and the better quality of life they'll have. So I really like the fact you've got financial support information there too because many nurses and midwives don't actually you know, connect that much to finances. And I think it's really empowering when you do. So really terrific advice. So if I wanted to download the app, how do I go about doing that? So at the moment, we're just getting going. Um, but you can go to the Google Play Store or the Apple Store and it'll be there. So for, Ford, you just search for Fords, F-W-A-R-D-S, and have a look for it there. Uh, it's only available to public health employees, at the public health nurses at the moment, just so we can keep the security and functionality right. Hopefully we, we um, can get a bit of traction and momentum and then we can deliver it to every nurse in Australia. But unfortunately, that's just, that's just where we're at. But, um, yeah, your favourite app store, you'll be able to find it there and you can download and enter your email, your, your work email address. Is that Australia-wide, public health nurses? Yeah. Apple? Yeah, great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Australia-wide. Um, there's, there's a few things. If, um, if it doesn't, um, if we don't have the health organisation entered into the, the back-end database, just let us know and we'll, we can enter it from a public health perspective. Um, uh, also, if we don't have your hospital or department loaded into the system, let us know as well and we'll quickly do that as well. As, um, we're unable to enter every hospital and department in the whole of Australia. We would probably spend the next year just doing that alone. Thanks very much, Ethel. Um, like you, I'm always concerned about nurses and midwives experiencing burnout. Currently, many, particularly those working in Melbourne, are dealing with the impact and challenges of COVID-19. So we're recording this in late August 2020, when um, COVID-19 has had a, a huge impact on, on many throughout Australia, but most currently in Melbourne. And um, a recent report from Safe for Care Victoria has highlighted that the majority of healthcare workers infected with COVID-19 nurse, are nurses. So um, to any nurse or midwife out there, really in the thick of this at the moment. Thank you very much for the incredible work you're doing. And we realise that you're going above and beyond. Um, and, um, and we're here to support you anytime. 1-800-667-877. Uh, Athol, you wrote a blog about this called Boiling Salty Water COVID-19 right back in March um, March 26, 2020, at the beginning, really, of the COVID-19 impact of the pandemic in Australia. Could you talk a bit about why you wrote that blog and, and, um, and some of the information that is pertinent, I think, to people right now? Uh, yeah, I, um, I, I wrote the blog because I could see the... the the pressures being faced by um, maybe not the nurses here in Australia, but overseas. 
And I could just see it's a, it was a matter of time. Um, you know, nursing is one of those um, core fundamentals that stays pretty true right around the world. Um, you know, there's different levels and different health systems, but the pressures that are faced, say, in the US and the UK can be, um, you know, can be very relatable to us here in Australia. So I, I wrote the blog just to, um, you know, to to a bit of a warning sign actually is to say that we're we're already under the pump and then you're already gonna then you're gonna pressure us a little bit more with with COVID nineteen you know there's a pandemic coming we're already feeling the pressure as it is. Um, so I was more of a call to action to say like, you know, get ready, you know, prepare your resources, get enough equipment training and 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 you know get some practices around offloading and get your mental health um, you know, up to up to a level to handle the extra stress. Um, you know, it's because even myself, we were, you know, there's days where you were really stressed, just some the the workload that you had, and I, I was just concerned. Um, and so, you know, I'm still concerned for us, our nurses here, and you know, because you can you hear about some, um, situations in Italy, yeah, as I said, UK and US, and I, I um I, I find it. Uh, crazy that they, they're still going to like they, they're put they're put under the pump they're really it's life and death situations over there and um you know they're still turning up to work to serve their communities so i, I certainly hope we never get to that level here um but you know we we obviously see that on the news as well so you know there's a bit of that mental race has been happening also um so yeah i think it's just a, it's a matter of you know put the warnings signs up you know understand it and then yeah prepare for it as best as possible um and you know here we are with you know victoria is feeling the grip of it yeah we certainly are i'm um i'm based in victoria so it's really front and center um for me um in your blog ethel you offer this advice and i'll quote so let's do what we do best let's look after each other Here's a little exercise to help you get through these tough days. If something is bothering you or you can't find a solution, think S-A-C-A. Could you tell our listeners what that stands for and what it actually means and um, how, how it can assist? Yeah, um, SACA, SACA is how I like to, like to call it. SACA, um, thank you. Okay. <laughs> like a, um, yeah, Saka, I, uh, it was it was something I've been probably doing um, subconsciously for a little bit, um, and it was more of just a rehearsal. It was just a it was a process that I'd done to if I was having trouble making a decision, and then I started to relate it to um, uh, any time I was feeling a bit off about anything. Because um, I don't know about you, Mark, but um, or listeners, but when I when something's pressuring me or I feel overwhelmed my brain stops, you know, it, it just goes into lockdown and I can't get the words out. I just won't process. And at the time I was, I was thinking about the SACA sort of stuff is I was team leading. We were, we were really busy in the department and at the, you know, by about six or eight hours in, seven hours into the shift, I felt my brain just go, it just went shut down. I, I just felt it and just went stopped. And so I went, oh, I've got to do something about this because I still have to make decisions. We're still really busy, um, but, you know, it really stopped. So, um, I, I, yeah, I developed, I developed um, SACA from there. And so SACA stands for stopping. So that's the S, stop. Um, and that's where you, you really want to stop and, and, and take a deep breath. Uh, so I take, I, it depends on what, what situation you're in, but I take three deep, deep breaths, focusing purely on those breaths. 
Um, and, you know, five in, hold five and out for five, you know, those sort of really, because what that's doing is trying to help you reset and clear your mind and, and get you to think a bit more um, analytically, you know, a lot of system two thinking, not not that panic flight mode. So you just want to stop the brain. Um, and then A is for assess. Uh, you want to, you know, assess the problem. You want to shift back to, all right, okay, so what are the facts? What am I looking at? What's my problem in front of me? Really focus down on it and, and niche it and really narrow it down. Don't, you know, be too broad. Um, and then C is consider. What are those facts? So I've assessed them. So these are these, this is, these are the problems. This is the facts that I'm looking at. And then you want to think, consider what are my options? What are my options here? What paths can I go down? You know, A this way, B this way. What's the best way? Or, you know, A is talk to someone, find out some help. I need to talk to someone else because they've got more clarity in this situation. Or B is um, hit the emergency buzzer. You probably don't have enough time to, to, do a, <laughs> to do that in a real slow process if you've got to hit the emergency buzzer. But, you know, you really, what are my options? And then A is make sure you act on it. You don't want to go swimming around this too long. You want to, you want to complete, you want to perform some sort of action. So um, what's the next step? Plan ahead. Uh, so if if the next step is simply to ask someone, go and ask someone straight away. And, and then if that doesn't answer your problem, then you can start again or they can point you in the right direction. So I think we, we take a lot of burden on ourselves to, to have the answer in nursing. But simply asking anybody, it might even be a new grad or it might be um, a senior doctor, it might be someone on the same level. I think asking anyone can help you clear your mind. There's actually this good story. Um, I it was on a podcast I was listening to and there was this army general talking about, you know, he was going into one of his last flights and they were they were climbing through air and they were, you know, counting down the feet and they were going up and up and up and all of a sudden he gets a radio call from a, a, a young lieutenant. I think it might have been a student that was in the back, back of the plane and he's, you know, he said, uh, sir, I think we're only clear for 30,000 feet. And he goes, no, don't be silly. You know, it's, we're clear for this 40,000. And, um, and uh, he didn't hear any more from the student. And then he's gone, he's counting, he's counting, he's going, hmm, I wonder, that's interesting. So then he calls back to control and asks, sorry, control, what, um, what level are we meant to be climbing to? And the control goes 30,000 feet. So he's pulled back on the brakes and... And what he's found is that he's, they were in the underbelly of another plane. Um, and if they kept climbing, then the, the, they, would have all, they would have all died. So it was just one of those real, it, it, he, he's a great, he tells it much better than me, but the story behind it is if you, know, you can always find an answer or some advice from anybody. It doesn't, it, you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be um, a guru in that field. And so that's, you know, that, that, that's where Saka was born from. Oh, that's great. Thanks very much, Ethel. I really like in the A, maybe, as you say, it's simply asking for help. And that's what Nurse and Midwife is all about, providing help and support. So as I've said many times, and I'll say again, please call us sooner rather than later if you need support and help. 1-800-667-877. So you mentioned grads there, Athol, and um, early career nurses and midwives, students and graduates often struggle and are at risk of ex experiencing burnout. And I reckon if we support them really quickly and really early, then we can set their careers up to 
um, to be better for them and be more supported. So what advice do you have in relation to staying healthy and preventing burnout for early career nurses, students and graduates? Um, yeah, uh, good point, good point, Mark. Um, one, one thing I wish I'd done when I was really pushing forward with my early career is um, found, a, found someone to lean into and a mentor um, and, and really lent on them and ask, you know, ask them the questions um, and, and, and get, a, get a, a true north where you want to head. You know, what's driving you to be a nurse? What it, what's your purpose behind it? Is it a stable career so you can pursue other things which is very noble or is it a you know a career where you want to be a nun of somewhere or you want to be a cnc in a department emergency department you know what what what's driving you what are those underlying drivers that really make you feel feel fulfilled and you can you can do that by looking at others and and asking mentors and asking around the other thing too is that Nursing's an evolving career and don't be so, you know, you can be hell-bent on something and, and want to achieve it, but it can change. And, and don't be too disheartened. You could do, you know, 100 different things in nursing. Um, and so things, things can change um, and don't let it get you down. Um, so, I, I, you know, if you can find a mentor or someone to look up to and ask them those questions, um, then, then you've got more hope of you know dealing with those some of those demands that you face. Thanks, Ethel. I really love that statement. Find somebody to lean into. So great advice. Have you got any final words of wisdom as we get towards the end of this podcast? Uh, no, I think I, yeah, it was a great opportunity to have a chat to you, Mark. Um, I probably my only thing would be would be to keep asking those questions. Never, never be put down or, or told that asking why is a problem. You know, always ask those questions. You know, why are we doing these things? Why are we doing that? How you, how you portray that is a different, um, different reason, but or different way. But you know, really ask, ask those difficult questions because that's the only way we're going to get better if we ask why we do this. Um, and as nursing, we need to be all in it together and you know, ask each other how they're going and you know, look after your mates. Great advice. Thanks, Ethel. And um, once again, what are your website details if people want to have a look at your website and the app? So the, the app website is www.forwardsfwards.com and the Athel Tech website is www.atheltech.com.au um, and, yeah, the, the, the Forwards website is set up for the app and Athel Tech is really that, that mission where, you know, we really want to prevent burnout in the industry. So we'd love for you to join us and, um, and if you're excited about creating some change, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks very much, Athel. You've been a great guest. I really appreciate you sharing your story on burnout and your insights and wisdom. And I know our listeners will benefit from those and appreciate it. So please remember, everybody, that nurse and midwife support is available 24-7, no matter where you are in Australia, 1-800-667-877 or via the website nmsupport.com. Take care, look after yourselves and each other. I'll speak to you next time. Your health matters.